0: Young Metro, don't trust you. I'm
1: what's up? And welcome back to Nostalgia Pod, your weekly look at what's going on in pop culture. My name is Pat Sheehan, and I'm here with the birthday boy, Dave Martinson. Dave, what's going on, dude? How you feel?
0: I feel older. I feel wiser. I mean, I get uh, cheap, ins- slow down. cheap insurance now. It's a great day. <laughs> Yeah, hey, you can what, you can finally rent a car, oh, right? Oh yeah, the okay, and I got dicked over in Hawaii with those underage uh, rental charges. Yeah, Damn. nice, nice. I know things are looking
1: up. Hopefully you don't have to, <laughs> but if you do, that'll be that'll be nice. Well, Dave, I, before we get going, we wanted to just say if you are a loyal member of the podcast or if you're a first time listener. Smash that subscribe button. Share us with friends. Go to soundcloudcom slash pod. Get all the content we've delivered to you over the past what year and a half now? Dude, we're in seven, more that, yeah. eight months, two years, twenty like, months. Two right? years come February. Crazy. Yeah. So we're we're chugging right along.
0: This is well, we're almost at episode ninety, right? This is not. Yeah, yeah. It's like eighty-eight, I think yep. today. Plus, we did the extra end-of-year one, so we're you know technically done more than ninety already. So, killing it. Yeah, bringing you that content,
1: baby. Yep. Dave, I know that you treated yourself to a show for your birthday this past week. The Underachievers. Hell yeah, dog. Who did you go with anyone?
0: Hell no, dude. So, people listen to the show, whether you're relatively new to listen for a long time. You know I listen to a lot of rap. You know I'm about this hip hop shit. Mm-hmm. If you had any doubt that I was about this hip hop shit, well, that should be gone now because I went on a subway for about an hour on a random Tuesday by myself to see an underground rap show. And it was fucking awesome, let me tell you. Where were they? Uh, it was at Brighton Music Hall. So it's, you know, like, outskirts okay. of Boston, but slow getting to via subway. It's not direct. Yeah, the T the, the sucks, dude. Yeah, just, it's just slow, honestly, you know. Uh-huh. I had to walk from the T, so whatever. The Underachievers, I've mentioned them here there before because they're part of, like, the Beast Coast movement, which is a uh, yep. New York rap, specifically, Joey Badass and his pro air crew, Flatbush Zombies, ASAP Mob, the Underachievers, all these guys. Really Bringing back to New York, which like great, great music, and the Achievers in particular—they performed for about an hour and a half, and it was just banger after banger, man. Because these guys got bangers and they got bars, and there's the duo Bars. And they got three albums out plus some mixtapes. Uh, their song Crescendo is on our Spotify playlist from this year. Check that out. I'm a Big fan of them, and it was a great show for sure. <laughs> I've also mentioned Injury Reserve. Uh, they had an EP just come out uh, like last month, mm-hmm. and uh, they're the opener. They're on tour with UA and. Uh, Richie, the lead, lead rapper, it's two of them, he uh, jumped off stage and punched a fan at the end of his set. So that it, you know, we we we, wow. we were in it. It was pretty crazy.
1: <laughs> He's about that action, huh? Yeah,
0: I think it was like I think
1: he might the kid might have
0: been fucked up or something, but he was like chanting, yelling like "UA" and just being really disrespectful of the opener. He's like, this is not some like gotcha. local kid you don't have to fuck with. Like it's the guy on the tour, it's a legitimate act. So like don't be an ass and he, like I get, he was talking shit and he fucking jumped in and punched him and they didn't throw out a injury reserve or anything so I took a picture with him after the show so <laughs> <laughs> it was all good <laughs> that that's awesome
1: yeah. that it sounds like it was a great concert for you I'm glad you enjoyed it I definitely have to check out the underachievers Ta- speaking of rappers that are about that action <laughs> boogie with a hoodie dude fill me in you said that you had some news yeah, on yeah your man
0: a boogie who you yep. were stumping for his debut album the bigger artist mm-hmm. Ago. so I saw nostalgia on YouTube so check that out. Uh, your stuff for your man and uh, you know potential. You liked it more than I did but you know it's all good till at Rolling Loud Bay in San Francisco A Boogie and PNB Rock and Crew jumped little B the bass god and uh roughed him up a little bit for apparently little B had said something about A Boogie not fucking A Boogie's music whatever I think, I don't remember exactly what the reason is but they like also like stole some of Lil B shits, so we couldn't perform a set, and Lil B came on stage and told the crowd that, but he was like, you know, he's like, I'm not retaliating, I'm preaching peace, and I'm not about that violence, and so, Lil B was taking the high road, and A Boogie just comes out here looking like an asshole, like, you can't take criticism from a rapper, this is rap, like, what the hell, man.
1: Yeah, it's weak, for sure. Also, I don't know if it's a good idea to fuck with the bass guy. Lil, Lil B curse is so real. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, he could
0: curse you, and also... You want you want to talk hip hop for a second little B's your fucking o g bro like he, right. he he's like pioneer of internet rap he's like the first rap outsider in the internet age, and like yeah, he's not as buzzworthy as worthy as he once was he's still out there though, like why are you gonna fight with little b because this you knew this was gonna happen little b's not gonna fight you like he's not he's just gonna right. get you're just giving little b buzz and you're hurting your own like well, terrible look for a boogie, but uh I'm sure the base cop be just fine
1: yeah I'm not not done with that uh a boogie. Jumping the bass God ba- Yeah, bass guy will be fine. But Why don't we jump to someone who I think will be fine, but I wanted to hear what you thought about her newest single, Taylor Swift. <laughs> Man, we haven't really felt very good about her first two singles uh, off this upcoming album. Is it is it titled yet? Yeah, I, I yeah Reputation. Remember. Oh, right, Reputation. I remember now. Newest song, Gorgeous. I mean, what do you think?
0: Bad. It's bad.
1: <laughs> She's over 3. It's better than the other two.
0: Yeah, but she had, we had a low bar right now you were saying that right like it's all relative taylor swift we're talking about here like she has like a million good songwriters working for her and the direction Mm -hmm. is fucking terrible whatever it is whatever you call this direction it's not good i'm sorry
1: (laughs) it almost feels like it's like she really is trying to become very serious and be taking like get this like edgier feel to her but she does it in such a strange way and the lyrics don't make any fucking sense it's I don't know. I'm not not a big fan of it. Like I said, I I like this song, Gorgeous, better than the other two. Like, are you ready for it? I still have no idea what that is. Uh, Every time it's on ESPN or ABC, I'm like, get this shit out of my ears. But, yeah, I don't really feel too good about T-Swift. Now, there is rumor that she's going to be performing, I think it's like the first halftime show at the college football championship halftime, which I don't know if they've ever had that before, but since she's teamed up with Disney and ABC to release uh, Are You Ready For It, it makes sense that she might have a, a larger deal with them in the long run, but someone that is going to be playing a big halftime show, your man's, the lovable Justin Timberlake. Jessica Beale's
0: husband. Getting that work. Ah,
1: no. Nah. <laughs> Sean Parker from The Social
0: Network, as he's more well known. Yeah, he's in that Woody Allen movie, movie uh, Wonder Wheel coming out this year. Loki, good actor, I'd say.
1: He was in another movie, right? Was he in Lewin Davis? See,
0: I think he was. Yeah,
1: I think was so. It? Yeah, yeah he so. he's like had like some secretly like good movies
0: on his resume. He was in In Time with Manasayfread. wasn't that good, but I still enjoyed it.
1: I think it's a very <laughs> enjoyable movie. <laughs> if
0: I see that on cable, I'm watching it. Right.
1: <laughs> So I mean, what do you think? Is this a is this a good move for the Super Bowl, the NFL?
0: Yeah. So uh, I mean, a few weeks ago, it was reported that Jay Z had turned down, and Jay Z is a little more relevant than J T right now. So I mean, I can see that. But Jay zs also taking a stand with Kaepernick, so I understand that. Uh, you don't care about the money, you know. So right. That, that makes sense to me. But yeah, going with Timberlake. I mean, I was trying to rack my brain of like who who is like a who who makes sense, you know, and. You look back at the past few years, Beyonce, Bruno Mars, Katy Perry, Coldplay, Lady Gaga. You basically mm-hmm. covered everyone, right? I mean, Taylor Swift hasn't done it. Not the most amazing live performer, but she hasn't done it. And she's huge. Um, Adele, is this the, uh, event, event, a venue for Adele? Yeah, you could argue either way. So, Justin Timberlake, he, he recovered fine from the the Jan Jackson thing. Jan Jackson. Gate. Jan Jackson, though. You know, she had some troubles post that. Maybe this is a great opportunity to give her some shine and bring Janet Jackson back in a positive way. So that's what I'm rooting for to happen. I think overall, it's like a safe but you know competent pick because Timberlake will be fine, obviously. It's
1: just it's like you said. It's basically just like the NFL. It's very middle of the road. It's very vanilla. He'll he'll play what like my love mirrors. I don't know sexy back maybe mm-hmm. can't stop the feeling will be his final one oh, just God, to, like definitely. leave on a feel good <laughs> note but i mean i don't know man J- just roll roll bruno mars out there every year give me 15 minutes of bruno mars i'll be happy. That's true bruno had a new album come out so we could do it again you know yeah, yeah and it's a fucking magic, great album you know yeah and, and you know the, the other piece about this like you were talking about Janet Jackson i hope he brings her out but in the last couple of years they've been using just multiple people basically to fulfill the halftime show like it was Coldplay, Bruno Mars, and Beyonce, yeah. um, a couple of years back. Katy Perry, Lenny
0: Kravitz, and Missy Elliott, like,
1: right? You know, Bruno Mars, so and out well, Chili
0: Peppers when he, when he did it on his own time, like and Beyonce, Destiny's Child. So like yeah, like the mm-hmm. collaborative, uh, multiple performers thing. I think that's a lock. Yeah,
1: so uh, I would be interested to see who he brings out with them because they've also been covering like different genres. So I'm not sure what they could do with that. Honestly, I I think what they they should have done, and this is like my own. I think the Foo Fighters would have been a great choice. Or the Killers. Either one. I mean, they both are well-known rock bands. You've had some high-profile deaths of people that have played the Super Bowl halftime show, like Tom Petty and Prince. Like, Bring them out. Have them do an homage. Like, yeah, sure. Call back some of those better memories. It feels like that could have been a better avenue. But they went safe. Justin Timberlake, well, he'll be entertaining. Whatever. Yep. I'll, I'll be able to watch the Patriots win the Super Bowl with Justin Timberlake playing the halftime show. It'll be great. Do you think he has an album come out between now and then? I don't. No, I don't. I don't think he's really interested in that. Well, why don't we jump first? Why don't we go to Barstool Van Talk? Yeah. So, I'm a pretty big Barstool fan. I've been I've been following them, or at least reading the, their website, or they're following their content. I should say I don't read their website anymore since what junior year, sophomore year of high school. So that would have been oh seven, oh eight. Wow, exactly. Pretty much when they were just starting to get wow, off seven, the ground. Yeah. They were recently bought by Churning Group about a year ago, two years ago now, and uh, they've been growing pretty quickly. They're I think they're actually probably. The fastest growing social media they claim. Anyway. company. Yeah, They're collaborating with pretty much every celebrity. I mean, Jake Paul just last week was <laughs> on Barstool and part became part of Team Portnoy. So last week they premiered Barstool Van Talk with PFT Commenter and Barstool Big Cat, which is an interesting be- decision because Barstool has always been against ESPN, especially after Deflate Gate, uh, Dave Moore, the. the <laughs> Yeah, the, the Dave Portnoy, the founder of Barstool, was basically like, fuck ESPN, I'm done with them. So then they team up for this late night show at 1am, and then a week later they cancel it. Mm-hmm. I mean, so what do you make of
0: this? Yeah, I mean, if you read this statement from Skipper, the you know, head of ESPN, mm-hmm. then there's a retort from uh, Portnoy as well. Uh, it sounds like ESPN basically realized that the uh, Barstool brand is a little, uh, being nice would be saying edgy. Uh, you know, more combative, you could say it's uh, sexist, misogynistic, mm-hmm. at least. You know, they, they're not very PC. They're, uh, no. They, they cross boundaries. They openly attack people sometimes. They, uh, I'm not a huge fan of them because I think they, they're really up and down with that shit. But either way, their statement, the statement from Skipper said they wanted to, they thought they could distance themselves from the Barcelona brand, which doesn't make any sense because you're, you got the show. Calling up Barstool Vantalk, which, you know, whoever made that decision, whatever, but you brought them in because they're Barstool, because they're famous, specifically PFT and Big Cat, two of the, the two biggest stars, mm-hmm. basically, from Barstool Sports. Right? Part of my take is a, you know, enormous podcast. Mm-hmm. So you wanted them for Barstool, but now, oh, now that we're reminded that Barstool, you know, has some issues with their brand and how advertisers might think of that, oh, now, now you're worried, like, what do you think you were fucking buying? Like, that's what I, that's what really confuses me, because I thought on the surface their efforts with digital has been making a lot of sense with you know D and Mero coming in to do something and they just hired Katie Nolan so you know I I thought it was a smart move but now you're going to backpedal at questionable.
1: ESPN's made a lot of questionable decisions though in, in the last couple of years with their their broadcasting and, and they've been losing a lot of money and the, the, they haven't been able to adapt to the, the digital age very well you know especially because. Their flagship show, SportsCenter, relies on highlights, and it relied on the fact that people couldn't get highlights anywhere else but there before. And now that you can go on Twitter and see everything immediately, what's the point of a show like SportsCenter? Exactly. Which is, they lost their bread and butter. So you turn to something like Barstool, and you're like, okay, we need to get this audience, which Barstool has pegged down the 18 to 24-year-old audience, like no other company in the world at this point. Like, that bro culture is so strong with them. And... It actually seems like a pretty savvy move by ESPN. I mean, you're, you're giving up some of your, your values and morals compromising on that in some way, but you're saying I want the demographics, I want to keep my company
0: around. You're also winning. And then you
1: distance like, it you're right.
0: hiring people that call you out all the time like you won.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, part of my take is a
0: satire on ESPN shows these Even,
1: even they the name. Made it. like, <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. So, I don't know. ESPN, I don't I don't really have a lot of faith in that company at this point to really create something successful. They they swung and missed so many times, and especially as the contracts for the big leagues are coming up, like I think the the NHL is the first one up in a couple of years since the NFL, and the Amazon and like uh, Facebook, you know, yeah, Facebook, all those like huge companies are going to take over the, those streaming rights, and it's going to totally change the landscape. So I don't even see ESPN being as significant as it is right now. In five is not going away, like they're fine.
0: No, they're just not. They they plateaued and declined a little. You know, you always got to keep it in mm-hmm. perspective. And like you were saying about how, like, highlights is not a currency anymore for sports coverage. for So they need to invest in personalities. That's why they did The Six with Jamel Hill and Michael Smith, because they're unique people, you know? <laughs>
1: right, but then, then, you do, then you basically put a muzzle on Jamel Hill. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and, and, like, you have Pablo Torre. He's probably their, like, their biggest, you know, cultivated young person. But then mm-hmm. getting Katie Nolan, she's like the was the ascendant, you know, digital star, but get the next Katie Nolan, and the next one. Katie right. Nolan, we've, we've known who Katie Nolan was for, like, four
1: years. She won an Emmy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, that's not, a, she's not a secret anymore, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah, like, follow House of Highlights on Instagram. You don't need to watch right. sports Center and, you know, like people like me and you, we're, we're, like, you know, a little more hardcore sports fans. We just read sites like com. I, I don't need yep. to watch someone tell me stuff that I already understand at a deeper level. So, mm-hmm. when you can get the highlights elsewhere... Making the original sports program and it's gonna be personality driven. Like with the success of First Take and Undisputed on Fox. You know, it's, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, I agree. Though they're not gonna, uh, you know, if they, they lose the sports rights, uh, you know, who knows? But they're on the decline.
1: Yeah, and Skipper doesn't even seem to. I mean, he's been around there forever, but I, I don't know if he really has a grasp on how to move forward in this in the new age of, of uh, media at this point. So I don't really have a lot of faith in them, but. Anyways, while well, we move on to something that I don't think we had much faith in, and rightfully so, The Snowman, starring Michael Fassbender, uh, Simmons, isn't it J.K. J- Simmons. J. Simmons? Yeah. Yeah, Simmons, and uh, who's the female lead? I'm, I'm blanking. Anyways, premiered this weekend. It has a whopping 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's the 8% if you click on it. <laughs> oh, is it 8% yeah. now? <laughs> oh, oh, by the way, Rebecca Ferguson. Uh, also, Val Kilmer is in
0: this movie. Who knew? Yeah, there's a weird stuff with um, that. I'm redubbing part of him after reshoots, but yeah. Oh, Jesus uh, Christ.
1: Well, we're, we're gonna get to that. It grossed three point two million in the United States and Canada, and nineteen point two million in all in all other territories, for a worldwide total of twenty two point four million against a thirty five million dollar budget. So it wasn't a huge budget, but the critical response horrendous. is <laughs> horrible. I mean, eight percent around Rotten Tomatoes, and basically every review says it's incomprehensible.
0: Yeah, and that does. Doesn't make any sense. 130 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, so that's basically everyone said this movie sucks. And it's funny. This is actually an interesting moment because the director of the Snowman, which I forget his name, he's not a super notable guy, but uh, he's openly talked about how he knows it's bad. Basically right. saying that they didn't get the film, the whole script, because of production problems. It's like w- what the fuck, Tomas? Yeah, Tomas Alfredson. Right. So like similar to how Josh Trank like totally. Uh, if it's Fantastic Four, the movie he made. Uh, this is kind of similar mm-hmm. to that, even though this guy seemed like he just kind of being honest. He's not, like, bad about in the studio. He's like, hey, whatever. But actually made it, the studio, fucked him. But we didn't get to film the whole thing. That's why it's bad. I know it's kind of bad. Uh, and <laughs> it's funny, because if you thought a few months ago, what do you think would be worse, The Snowman with Michael Fassbender or Geostorm with Gerard Butler, another world-destroying disaster movie? You know? Jesus would be about 11%. So not much better.
1: <laughs> crazy i mean to answer your question i probably would, i would have banked that this movie would have been way better i mean just the fact that it's based on a best-selling novel i mean even yeah. even like what's that gone baby gone it's the other one uh, Mid, yeah. with the girl yeah. no 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 it was recent with with Affleck and uh oh, was, live by night was, which movie gone girl oh gone girl yeah yeah with uh fincher yeah another one based off of a, a best-selling novel like you would have thought you could have at least banked for this movie to make million opening weekend just based on the fact that it has a a notable uh, source text. And Fastbender is a a pretty bankable male lead at this point. With with Val Kilmer and J.K. Simmons as supporting, that's a lot of big names. Scorsese was originally tied to this, and then he backed out in pre-production. So they brought in this this Alpherson guy to kind of fix it, and he's like, yeah, we ran out of time. (laughs) It just doesn't make sense, and I I recognize that. I I don't understand why they would have just pushed it out, but I guess... They uh, lost the studio, felt like they had yeah. to. But some happier news. Michael Fassbender and uh Lisa Vikander. The Queen. Yep. And the king, I guess. They uh they tied the knot secretly. Get
0: your marriage, dog. Good for them. And wearing a Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. Actually, did we talk about it? it Look great. Kit Harrington and Rose Leslie got married too. Egrett and John Snow. Yeah, I think we mentioned it last week. Good for them, man. Also I did not know this. Rose Leslie is like from like a royal Scottish family. So like they have like castles and shit.
1: Yeah, I, I saw that little um,
0: castles, but like still, you know, kind of cool. <laughs> uh,
1: a castle, a castle. It's more castles than I have, but that way. So does that make Jon Snow like a lord?
0: North, the, the king of the north once again, or prince of the north, whatever title he gets. Not even duke, with do the north. What, what, what was
1: the, what was the line? Was
0: it like the lord's kiss? Yeah, the lord's kiss, dog in the cave. Yeah, <laughs>
1: Jon Jon Snow perfected the that sex scene if in Game of
0: Thrones, bar none. <laughs>
1: George R. R. Martin doesn't have a lot of experience. Oh, I've read these scenes, that. man. <laughs> <You ain't kidding. laughs> Anyways, why don't we uh, jump to something a little bit less serious, uh, uh, or a little bit more serious, I should say, in terms of tone. Mm-hmm. So Roy Price, who was basically the head of Amazon's uh, video. department. Amazon Studios, a- studio, recently resigned from his position after it came out that he was... Uh, so he you're was... Producer, allegedly producer for *Man in the High Castle*, and this was in two thousand fifteen. And apparently, Amazon has known about this since two thousand fifteen. Has not taken any action until the recent Harvey Weinstein allegations have come out, and then this allegation came to light as well. Right. And then they basically pushed price out. Bezos hasn't really commented on it. Uh, Jeff Bezos, the head of Amazon, it, it's a it's a really discouraging story because I you know I think probably naively people, uh, I think people were probably hoping things would die down after the Weinstein, but I, uh, allegations, but I think this is going to open up a floodgate more than anything because, uh, these women who have been victimized are going to feel more empowered. And, and I'm glad that they will feel that way, but I think we're going to see a lot more of these sort of things in a, in a, to keep the conversation as something that I think we can discuss and, and engage in more. What do you think this means for Amazon? Yeah. In, in their, their video.
0: Deployment? Yeah. Good call. So like, they knew about this for two years, like you said, and I think they were keeping Price on because they were so confident in his work at you know the, the helm of Amazon Studios, their original video content and whatnot. Mm. Until now, the relationship is politically untenable. They don't, it's not good to hire him anymore, but also you can justify it because I don't think he's doing that great of a job. And uh, There's a Wall Street Journal article that's paywalled, but uh, it kind of it's a kind of a teardown of, Amazon's management department. Uh, if you're interested, I mean, let's just think about Amazon, right? We, they had no Emmy wins this past Emmys, which we covered. Sound of contest Nostalgia Pod, and YouTube. Check it out. But also, let me ask you this, Pat: If you didn't have Amazon Prime because you liked having two-day shipping, would you sign up for Amazon Prime Video if it was a standalone service?
1: No, not
0: not a chance. Absolutely not, right? I mean, think of what what shows do they have that create much buzz that drive people to sign up? Do They have any? Transparent. Transparent. Crit- Man, in the High yeah, Castle. Right. C- Critical Show. Transparent wants some globes, mm-hmm. right? Jeffrey Tambor wants some Emmys. They have Man, in the High Castle. Yep. Mid-level buzz. They have One Mississippi. They have Sneaky Pete. They have I Love Dick. They have The Tick. Mozart in the Jungle. None of those. Mozart in the Jungle. yeah. None of those stream... like they're gonna trend on Twitter. You know, it just it just doesn't happen. There's not those. There's not those kind of shows. And you know, Amazon's kind of had this reputation as. You know, being an up-and-comer in the content business, and obviously spending billions of dollars a year on original content, they're certainly trying. And Manchester by the Sea was, you know, due to them as well, so their movies are a little bit more successful. But the TV department, they're, like, more on par with Hulu than being anywhere close to Netflix or HBO at this point. So I can understand from a strategic move that once Roy Price has some negative press, there's absolutely no reason to keep him a second longer. Yeah,
1: and it's interesting because I think there were rumors about three or four months ago the Amazon was actively looking to find the next Game of Thrones, quote-unquote, right. whatever that means. It's like a show. And, right. And it's, you know, in, in the Vulture article that you pointed me to that talks about this, uh, Jeff Bezos, or uh, maybe it was Price speaking for Bezos in some capacity, basically said, I don't see Netflix or HBO as our competition. I think they, they see themselves more in the tier of Hulu but if you're looking for a like show like like that, that means that you're looking at some sort of shift into something bigger. You want to make your services deemed more necessary to people. Because like you said, I mean, I think people sign up for Amazon for the two-day shipping and then they're like, oh, I guess uh, I, I can watch the show or yeah. this, you know, Amazon has
0: this, this movie. I can yeah. There's the music the streaming time. with this too? Cool. You know, like it's just a right. combination. of
1: No one's choosing Amazon for those services. And it... You know, I think Bezos, I mean, he built a company like Amazon. He doesn't want to just settle for being some mid to, mid to low tier streaming service. He wants to push into something bigger. He wants to push himself into the largest echelon of those services, even if he's saying he doesn't. Now, Netflix and HBO are completely different animals because they pretty much focus on doing just this. Yeah. They're not trying to like they don't get they don't get a benefit from like selling goods because someone goes and watches their shows. Like uh, I spent the weekend watching a couple episodes of uh, Mindhunter, the new show on Netflix, right. and it's it's a great show. I could never imagine going to Amazon and being like, ah, oh, I heard about this show. I'm gonna go check it yeah. out. Like I knew Transparent was on there, so I was like, oh, I guess I'll check it out. I knew Manhunt was on there, so I guess check it out. But I wasn't seeking it out in any capacity.
0: Yeah, exactly. Netflix is the sh- the option that a random show shows up and captures buzz for a week, like Mindhunter has mm-hmm. lately. That, that doesn't happen on Amazon. They just don't have enough of an output right now. And oh yeah, like you said, th- Netflix and HBO, they drive subscribers by having shows that people want to watch and thus subscribe for. That's how they make their money. Amazon, you know, transparent wins some Emmys through some algorithm action to make them sell some stuff. That's how, that's an Amazon thing. The video is just one aspect of their business model. That being said, I don't think they're content to be in like third or fourth place, right? And if you look no. at what's da- coming down the pipe, they have the Matthew Weiner uh, show about the Romanovs, when Matthew Weiner, of course, made Mad Men, mm-hmm. so that's that's absolutely huge because this is his first show since then. But uh, the David O. Russell show that's been talked about with uh, Robert De Niro was uh, canceled amidst the Weinstein okay. uh, allegations. Right. So it's weird because like they spent a lot of money, but I, I almost feel like Hulu's still like getting there. Like, eventually I could see Hulu being at a point where they have a Mindhunter drop randomly that no one saw coming, but they're nowhere close to Mm -hmm. that right now.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, especially after they won the Emmy this year, uh, I I think that Hulu has a better shot of moving towards that. Amazon, I feel like, like they have so much ground to cover. Now, they do have some big names. I know you talked about Matthew Weiner. They also have Julia Roberts signed up for a show coming up. So they have some big names coming down the pike, but, you know, I think in a sense, Amazon probably would might be even better off to move towards something kind of like a pseudo HBO which this is like a maybe like a picking nits but it's almost like HBO focuses on making five to six really well done shows at a time and then cycles through the shows that they get and they'll fill one in as one as one ends. I think Amazon would be Smart to not try to go into like the mass production, but to go more in towards the making shows that are just really well done. Like you have someone like Matthew Weiner, give him like a contract to just keep making shows for you, and let him continue to make it until he gets something that hits, sure. and just continue to do that so that you make yourself in like that premium content, not necessarily like the mass content. Right.
0: And if you think about Hulu, Hulu has all these network deal rights with like the CW and NBC right. specifically. They just like thirty rock. Just left uh, Netflix mm-hmm. for Hulu, for example. Their game is kind of 50-50. But yeah, they're making The Handmaid's right. Tale. That was really their only original hit to date. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Amazon—they're kind of in a, a weird nebulous, you know, middle ground. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think you know that's—I think that's that's a smart smart plan for them. But we, we can't forget they have the original movies a success to a certain degree right now. Like mm-hmm. the studios, like they do make or co-make or help distribute a lot of feature films, which you know yeah. leads me to Netflix announced. About a week ago that they're developing 80 original films for 2018 as well as 30 original anime series. Netflix only started making original film like the first Netflix original film came out early 2016. the first anime came out like two months ago Neo Yokio with uh, Ezra Koenig and Jane Smith so like they're brand new to this and they're already just throwing money they're expected to spend between seven and eight billion dollars on content next year up from six billion this year so you know, Hulu is not quite in that uh, stratosphere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not even close, dude. Not even. Close. They 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 could get there eventually. I could see Bezos just like throw. I mean, he has so much fucking money, dude. He could throw as much as he wanted at it. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out because uh, they're starting to get a lot of internal backlash r- reportedly about not acting on uh, knowing prices actions for two yeah, years. Not, so. Not good. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot that's going to be coming down the pike from this. Uh, It'll be interesting. I think the landscape of Hollywood is changing for the better, but it's going to definitely throw things out of balance, out of whack for a bit, and probably see some interesting
0: changes. Uh, Any other thoughts on this? Does Amazon have a hit show coming out this Friday? They do not, but Netflix does. What do you think? You ready? Stranger Things. Dude, I, I'm
1: very pumped for Strangers. I'm trying to decide if I want to binge it or not. Nah. Just because I have nothing else to do this week. I know it's like Halloween weekend. You guys are all going to Bill's Mafia. <laughs> I have no plans. So I'm like, you know, it's pretty attractive to just sit down and watch Netflix for you. Do was. you
0: regret watching Master of None Season 2 in like two sittings? Because you did that. Nah. No. You don't regret that? Yeah. Okay. I don't regret it at all. All right. I'm the kind of
1: person really go back to things. Yep. Once I watch them, I watch them. Like, once I read a book, I will never read that book again just because I'm like, I already did. I don't need to do it. So for me, it's like I watched Master Nun. I enjoyed the experience. Give me something new to to chew on. So like Stranger Things, the first time I watched it, I watched it in two days.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, I spread that shit out for like two and a half weeks. <laughs> right. The only reason I finished it was because I was being Dustin for Halloween and I couldn't be a fucking fake motherfucker and not have finished the show. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I, I have a feeling I probably I probably will not binge it just because uh, the person I live with, my girlfriend Julianne, she'll want to watch too. She's not much of a binger. Well, she's a binger, but I think with our schedules, we'll end up watching it all at
0: once a I so. see. I knew I liked her for some reason. <laughs> Anyways, last thing I wanted to ask you about. How do you feel about your Yanks? Fine. They did good. They made their run. Got Sonny Gray. Mm-hmm. Did I think they were better than the Astros? No, they had a chance. They didn't win. I'm totally content, man. About it. This,
1: this season, upcoming
0: though. season is the last year of Brett Gardner and Chase Edley. They got Labor Torres, the number one prospect in baseball, coming up, like ready for next year. And then the 2018 no, season, they're not going to have Labor. They're, uh, they're ready. They're it's ready to be, make a, make a run. So this was good playoff experience for the kids.
1: Probably like, what, Glaber, Bird, and uh, Frazier, and plus some other prospects for Giancarlo Stanton. You guys oh, will just no. have 250 home run. Why would you trade depth?
0: For Stan, when you can just sign Bryce
1: Harper, come on, Doc. Why not just have all three of them? Think about to. think about that outfield. <laughs> put Depend, put Bryce in center, Depend Judge in right. <laughs> I mean, fucking insane. That lineup going Harper. They have, Clint, judge. they have Clint
0: Frazier, too. Don't forget, like the outfield's kind of set already. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking so are In a good spot. I ho- I think they hope they bring CC back for uh, one last go, one year deal. But yeah, the, this whole the important players are all there and they're ready to reload over the next two years so they're in a good spot what do you
1: think about the Hayward injury
0: Gordon Hayward yeah it sucks man like, like I don't like the Celtics obviously I'm a Knicks fan but I'm such a fan of the NBA that I wanted to see what this Boston team did I wanted to see how Kyrie Irving and him and Hayward played together you know mm-hmm. I wanted in the East it, it, the, the East was more interesting when that Boston team was at full strength so As a fan of the NBA it sucks definitely but it gives a good opportunity for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum so we'll see what they can do because they're going get a lot of minutes.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to see how they do. It's definitely a bummer. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's gonna be the it's probably gonna be the Warriors versus the Cavs again. But the West looks tough. I mean, what Warriors
0: have lost two games already? Yeah. Curry got so. ejected and Durant. Well, that's fucking weird. Anyways, oh, don't forget uh, Josh Jackson on the Suns. He uh did like finger guns at fans and said uh, fuck you. <laughs> And Kyrie, Dude, the sons are imploding. Ky- right Kyrie Irving uh, yelled, uh, "Suck my dick," at some fan. <laughs> There's been a lot of that <laughs> shit already. It's pretty great.
1: It's going to be a crazy season. The, the NBA is just so it's it's the best it's league right lit. now, for sure. Yeah, of
0: course. It's not even debatable. <laughs> because like like hockey's a great uh, product, but like the league, the NHL does not compare. Like it's not culturally as present, you know. Not even close.
1: Anyways, a little extra sports there for all you listeners at the end. We're going to be coming back next week, probably reviewing Episode one of Stranger Things, yeah, at least. For sure. Maybe we'll touch on some HBO shows that we've been kind of neglecting for a little bit. Vice Principals, Deuce, the Deuce, the Deuce will be done. Any other ones by next week. Yeah, I'm not gonna be able to finish by next week, most likely. That'd but we'll be, okay. be talking about some of it. I don't know. Is there any music
0: on the horizon? Yeah. So here's what's coming out. Uh, Weezer has an album coming out. Uh, not excited for that. Singles, singles have been bad. Uh, Ty Dolla Sign. Yep. Big Crit as a double link. But what I'm most yeah. excited for. Overdose. D-O-Z, Overdose. Rap Trio. They had a mixtape. Their last mixtape came out in 2013. And this debut album has been gestating forever. It's finally coming. So I'm stoked to hear what it sounds like. right. well, I'll have
1: to listen to it.
0: And also... uh, So we can talk about it. Ten twenty seven. man. Stranger Things. Thor Ragnarok. UK premiere date. So the worldwide premiere. And then three big video games. Like, crazy day for culture.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like last Friday was so blah and then this one's yeah. crazy so it always happens. Uh, that's the way it goes anyways please support us smash that subscribe get all of our previous episodes soundcloud.com slash nostalgia pod leave us a rating and review on itunes tweet at us at martin swagger asheny world peace and at nostalgia pod we want to hear what you want us to be talking about and give us any feedback to make this show better any last thoughts before we leave the people dave what are you being probably i don't have anything yet Dan. i don't have any plans either so right, what are well. you being
0: in Salt Bay for, for
1: you mean Mookie Betts uh,
0: yeah that's okay. my, my dynasty uh, of course,
1: so. <laughs> we'll be catching you all next week have a safe and productive week and we love you all my days I pray and-